From the Comedy Lab at the Improvisation in West Hollywood, California, it's time for... Suck-a-tack. Yes, the number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants, makers of fine pantaloons and leg sheaths since 1967. Tonight... We're coming to you live from the Comedy Lab next to the world-famous Improvisation in West Hollywood, California. Our special guest this evening, Dana Carvey and Sons and Wayne Fetterman. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take it away, Mark. Thank you, Bill. Thank you very much. Yes, I am Mark Hershon, your host and uh, non-fat dried milk for episode 128 of Succotash, our very first live recorded Succotash. Um, I didn't know the audience was going to be quite so full. I'd like to invite the people that are way in the back to move up towards the front if you want to. It's up to you. As I pointed out to Bill, this podcast doesn't ever have an audience, so other than those listening at home. So this is fine. We're my wife was. Yes, and my mistress was. <laughs> Are they both here tonight? No. Okay, good. Another woman I met. Did and you I have any drinks on the plane down here? Yeah, I did. You feel so you're feeling okay. I'm all right. Okay, good. Good. Well, this is very exciting. We've got guests which we normally uh, only have in recorded interviews. That's very exciting. Um, we don't have clips normally. Those who listen to. Uh, oh yeah, for for the for the audience. Yeah, for the uh, for the listeners at home or uh, jogging on their treadmills, uh, Bill has an oversized comical flask that he just uh, pu- pulled out of his waistband. Uncle, Uncle Flappy. I'm going to have to get our our first guest up here pretty quick because uh, you can't almost not hear him where he is. But uh, I want to thank uh, uh, the folks here at the Comedy Lab for letting us come in tonight and actually appear here. And I want to thank those of you who were able to make it to, for for showing up. And uh, as I was going to say, normally we uh, often play clips on this show, which is why we're the Comedy Podcast Podcast. We play clips of other people's comedy podcasts to help sort of spread the word about comedy podcasts and podcasts in general. But we also often do interviews with comedians and podcasters and podcaster comedians and other folks in showbiz. So we've got some, uh, some friends of mine who are joining us this evening. Uh, Bill was kind enough to uh, fly down from the San Francisco Bay Area to be here as well. As our announcer, we'll have some live Henderson's Pants spots. Old man Henderson sends his kind regards, Mark. God bless him. He's been sponsoring the show since we started, and he's paid us nothing, not a dime from Henderson's Pants. Thank you. Thank you, old man Henderson. It's for the exposure. It is. It is. Uh, So you know what? Before we bring our first guest up, why don't we actually do one of our Henderson's Pants spots, if you're ready, Bill? Yes, I'd like to do uh, something called Hollywood Slacks. All right. Ben, if you please. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. You know, as the saying goes, fame is fleeting, but it doesn't have to be when you become well-known for wearing Henderson's spiffy new Hooray for Hollywood slacks. You'll be doing a star turn every time you hit the town in these ultra-modern, ultra-cool pants because they are custom-fitted, but not customized to your contours. Oh, no, no, no. 
Hooray for Hollywood slacks, designed for both men and women, are designed to duplicate the look of some of the silver screen's most famous butts and groins. Imagine having your behind mistaken from behind for Cary Grant or Charlize Theron or the daring derriere of Scarlett Johansson or Bradley Cooper. Even the spectacular package of Milton Berle, Forrest Tucker, or John Hamm. It's a case of mistaken identity that you'll be happy to have. Not to mention that now, as you bump and grind your way down the street, it will be like being on your very own personal walk of fame. Originally designed for Shia LaBeouf, most residents of Reseda, and the Beverly Hills Police Stalkers Task Force, Anderson's Hooray for Hollywood Slacks are available wherever the beautiful people are afraid to shop. Plus, in Kardashian sizes by special order only, that's Henderson's, makers of fine leggings and butt huggers since 1867, and now back to Suckatack. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Thank you. Thanks again to Henderson's Pants. Uh, I would like to bring our first uh, guest up. Uh, he's uh, well known to, to you, and uh, yeah, just come on up. Uh, uh, from Saturday Night Live and uh, a number of motion pictures, uh, his own variety show, and uh, just hanging around. Please welcome Dana Carvey. Hanging around, too. So. Come sit yeah, thanks very much. Come sit right here. Come sit right here, if you would. Welcome. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I just want here. my voice to appear like this on the podcast. I guess I'll have to get closer to my mic. Not necessarily. Too. Okay, good. Don't be frightened. Good. Well, thank you for joining us. You know what? If this was 1.30 in the morning, this would it be would a, be the hippest room in Hollywood. Wouldn't it? Because it's 3.30 in the afternoon, <laughs> we could cram 90. We have seven. It's sad. It's no, sad. it's just lack of social media. I could have tweeted it and grammed I it guess. and faced it. Yeah, I, I did. You can see what kind of effect we have. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Uh, Mr. Carvey was my guest in, I think you were my first guest in episode number three uh, of this show. Episode number four, in, according to my diary. Okay. Um, right. Shall I read some of it? <laughs> yeah, Mark please. seems distant. <laughs> Very quiet. The that doors are locked. There was a weird guy reading a commercial about pants. <laughs> That's not changed since then. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the writing of that. That was funny. Thank you. When you went Milton Burrow, <laughs> Forrest Tucker, and, and then John, John Hamm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it was chronological. Can I do a little, a teeny little bit for a second? I've never yeah. done before. Yes. Well, I was thinking about my parents uh, growing up in the 30s and 40s, and they got their news from newsreels. So it made even really dark news not seem so dark. <laughs> so this, I'll th see if I can remember. It's like, hello from 1945, America. Guess what? The Empire of Japan has refused to surrender. And America says, no go, Tokyo. <laughs> Say hello to Fat Man and Little Boy. 20,000 tons of TNT. Sayonara. <laughs> it's so dark. Now, the way I thought of that was after the whole, everyone had a Caitlyn Jenner joke. So mm. I thought that was my initial thing is like. Oh, that should have been reported as a newsreel to make it more playful because it's just a, a man becoming a woman and who cares. And, you know, so it's like, and news from Hollywood today, Olympic gold medalist Bruce Jenner has announced that he would like to become a she. <laughs> and guess what, folks? She's gorgeous. <laughs> so I called John Lovitz after thinking of that bit and I said, John, you've got it. I have a bit now and I want you to do it. I'm giving you the bit. So I did it. He laughed really hard. And I go, John, you can have that bit. And he goes, I'll write my 
own material. <laughs> but it basically is Walter Wenchel. Yeah, um, yeah. Which John got a lot of his voice from, you know, his persona. Well, that's terrific. Anyway, thanks for coming. Yes, thank fun. you for being here. Um, now, uh, what's interesting is uh, you were on, on the show very early on where we normally do it up in the San Francisco Bay Area. We're here in mm-hmm. the heart of Hollywood, or at least the heart of Los Angeles tonight. And uh, yes, you've been down here for a little while now. I have. Um, and I left you. <laughs> you did. You <laughs> left me in the lurch. In the lurch, yeah. Mill Valley. But how's, how are things in, uh, in Los Angeles? Very Los Angeles. Yeah. I played on this stage. It's interesting. One, I, I do gigs sometime in town. Some, sometime town. Me do a gig <laughs> long time. Um, you don't get out a lot. I've done Largo and I've done here. And I look out and, and it's kind of hipster millennials. And so I would go into kind of fancy pants shtick like, hey, you ever notice? You know. Dead silence, you know, what would kill in Fresno does not fly with the millennial hipsters in Los Angeles. Cause they're all, so you got to be confessional. Oh, okay. So I was doing a bit here because sometimes, you know, young people say to me about me at this point in my career, they go, you could blow up, man. You could just – you could totally blow up, you know. <laughs> at this point, I thought the only way I'm going to blow up is if I die. <laughs> you know, it would be R.A.P. church lady, have a swinging good time. And have a, so I did that here for the hipsters, and they loved it. Wow, that's so truthful. He's talking about that's the way he's going to blow up. And then I did it in the Brea Improv to kind of my fans in their 60s with Wayne's World T-shirts. And they just went, no. Crickets. Yeah, crickets. Too close to home because they were closer to seeing Jesus than having emerged from the womb. They were closer. And they got scared about being closer. To me, I can't wait to be dead. Now you've t- you've where was I during the Renaissance? Let's think about it. You've talked about dabbling with the idea of uh, doing a podcast. I love to dabble. Yes, uh, you've been on several besides mine. You mm-hmm. did Pete, Pete Holmes, Petey Holmes. We did three and a half hours. That was a long. And then podcast. he remembered to press record. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did a long, long with Pete. He's a great. I uh, really like Pete. But what would the Dana Carvey uh, podcast be like, do you think? Mm, kind of a long version of what I've just done the last five minutes. Okay. We've done some beta testing with uh, my sons, Dex and Tom. We actually have a little setup like this okay. at my house, and we've done some beta testing. But we're, we're kind of – we have ADD and we procrastinate, so it may be till 2018 we actually get it out there. <laughs> okay. I'm not in a hurry. Look, I can live a long time. That's good. Um and uh, you know, no, I would like to do it, and it would be stuff. Just start interrupt, but Mark and no, I go back a long way, a long, and we used way. to. There was a sound engineer we, uh, who was a good friend of ours, Paul Wright. So we would record shit like all the time <laughs> in the last fifteen years, and I would do long, long character rants. Yes, which I could only do a short version because it would take too much time. But one of the rants I did was, "What if?" Uh, which I saw in one of those. Um, you know, it was like the USA Herald. It was kind of like National Enquirer. National Choir, yeah. And it had a picture of Hitler, Jack Kennedy, and Bobby Kennedy, if they were alive now, just looking really <laughs> ancient. So I thought, what if they and, and Elvis had faked their death and they were still alive in a bunker beneath Las Vegas? One of my, my favorite bits that the world has never heard. And it was so, 10 minutes yeah. long, but the beginning of it, I think, was kind of like... Um, uh, Elvis, uh, will you uh, tell Hitler to uh, stop uh, staring at me? <laughs> Come on, Hitler. You know Bobby don't like it when you stare at him. <laughs> Out! I mean, tight! What's he saying, Bobby? We've been down here 40 years. I still can't understand a word of it. I'm going to teach uh, Adolf uh, how to speak English. Adolf, uh, uh, see a spot, run. Shouch! Oh, never 
Bobby, he, he, he's not, it ain't working out. I'm going to put on a dress and take the shaft elevator up to Dunkin' Donuts. Anybody want to come along? <laughs> I know that we will do the things necessary. And that was the Jack part. So. Yeah. That went on for 15 minutes. Oh, it just him around a microphone, just sort of I doing these four voices. And Paul would just, beside himself, laughing and gasping and... It was but he has a great sense of humor. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I could do Bobby Kennedy teaching Hitler English for a long time. That would really make me happy. What I love is just the uh, the incremental difference between Bobby and Jack Kennedy. And you, well, Bobby's you would, a little, you would keep them separate. He's uh, more like a Bugs Bunny, just slightly higher. <laughs> and Jack would be lower and more secure. <laughs> Ask not what Adolf Hitler can do for you, but what you can do for Adolf Hitler. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. That ain't nothing like your 19. 19- 60 and he's just kind of creeps up on words it's a bad Elvis I mean it's not a great Elvis I'm not known for my Elvis but it's fun to do so one thing is that I strap mean, on that huggy I, you've been doing uh, sorry that was he had he, he had handlers go to Mexico and bring young Mexican virgins to him and I have the fantasy that he would make them put on a diaper that's how sick he was <laughs> strap on that huggy come on now Consuela <laughs> Sorry, it's just so comedy. You, People always sometimes get offended, like, what, is that real? Did it happen? No, it's <laughs> nobody, Is nobody this a hipster millennial audience? Hello? Hello? Um, what were so you going to say? I was Sorry, just, just the idea of, of doing voices. How is it something that you focus on now? Are there voices that you keep, you have to kind of keep up being an impressionist? Say, now, uh, who do I do now? Kind of, in a way. I mean, I, I consciously wanted to learn Michael Caine after seeing Steve Coogan do it. And I was watching. I, I was trying to do it, and then I realized it was just sort of being very, very nasal. Was the key to it? It's just to plug up your nose. I'd go like this the best way you know how. <laughs> and the thing is about this place, it's not really a lab, is it? It's nothing very laboratory about it. It's just a little room at Melrose, a bar that they called a lab because they needed to brand the name. Otherwise, it would just be the little shitty room next to the big room. So I wanted to learn him, but because you got to do Trump and do an angle with Trump, you know. And I, I don't really try to be accurate, but it's just this now, you know. I could do, I would be so good with global warming. I could take it, global warming is eating our lunch. I would make so many glaciers. Because I know, I know how to make glaciers, you know. I just try to, I do this, I do this, and I do this. A lot of yeah. hand motions for those listening. Yes. Po- it's a bonnet face. It's the hand out like that, and then it's leaning forward, kind of like a seal. <laughs> sorry, you, sorry, you listener. You can't really tell. And uh, not to get too granular about your granular. Yes, about about your. Impro- <laughs> I've been regular this week <laughs> about, about your impressions. But you told me this years ago that you you don't really. It's not so much trying to imp- do a, uh, an impression of the voice as it is you kind of hear it musically. That there's tones, yeah. tonality to the voice that you Yeah, really that's what amuses me. Uh, yeah. Like with Obama, if you want to do Obama, well, first, that's not true is a good one. That's not true. And with him, you just go, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. And the one that I really worked the best was peanut butter cup. <laughs> peanut butter cup, if you want to learn Obama's, you know, I would, this time, I would like to have a peanut butter cup. <laughs> So, yeah, you just find a rhythm and extrapolate it because I think that's what makes impressions interesting is to take liberties with them, but it's still coming from some truth. Welcome to Actor Impressionist <laughs> Theater. But um, I really – the truth of the matter is I get incredibly bored really fast. And yeah. so then I have to take them out someplace into outer space or, you know, who really cares. So 
Uh, and so during the Thank day, you. what, you're, are you writing material? Or are you just kind of hanging out and just absorbing things? I mean, what? Sleep a lot. Uh, a lot of Murray Povich. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I have to. I have to. I feel like it's homework. Shoot an hour of stand-up in Boston for a Netflix special. Okay. In like 90 days, and I have nothing. So I, I am <laughs> rapidly trying to pull it all together. And so do you, do you work out at the clubs in town, or are you just writing material and calling friends? All of it. I was uh, did the Brea Improv last couple nights. Um, nice nice little club. It was. Uh, okay. It's 22 miles. It took us seven hours to get there. <laughs> so L.A., it's kind of hard. You take a gig. Oh, I'll Google map it. Oh, it's 11 miles, and you have to leave the day before. You don't realize <laughs> how far it is. So I, we were doing uh, – Tom and Dex and I will be up in a second – we were doing uh, the West Side every Sunday. Yeah. It's a little club in an alley in Santa Monica. That's like doing comedy here, where you just try stuff and then mix it up with you know some of the other bigger, the Ice House and stuff like that. Okay. So I just keep mixing it up. But for me, yeah, I'm doing a lot of stand up. It's quite exhausting because I normally go to bed at nine, and that's when I have to start screaming. <laughs> so I get up early. I don't know what it is. I'm not I don't have good nightclub hours. But you you stay in shape. You run regularly. Or well, hike, hike, I hike up. Hike. Uh, yeah, hike up yeah. Uh, Griffith Park. I go to the top. Is I go all out. Staggering pulse one ninety, and um, <laughs> the little gym. Yeah, okay, one ninety five. Little, <laughs> little gym I went to close, and so I'm I'm at this other kind of uh, you know young people, sexy young people gym. Yeah, so. where you're virtually invisible because of your age. Well, I well I came in and I was really invisible. That I wanted to join and just be invisible, and and then a guy recognized. So I said, I have to, you know, so I go, yeah, sure, you know, please, I just want to. But after that, I just go in with a hat and I have the earbuds and no one really pays attention to me. And I, I don't compete because there's guys in there. There was a guy doing, he, he had earbuds too. He did arm curls for an hour, literally. It was just like his arms were bigger than his body. Like, yeah, you know, I wanted to go up and go, you're good, man. Really, really, they're good. They're tree trunks. It's enough already. So I just do little weights. So interesting to sort of contrast your experience doing comedy for as long as you've been doing it with your sons, Dex and Tom. Why don't we get them up here and we'll find out how. Where, are we, where should we have them? Let's have them sit right at these two chairs here and share this microphone, if that's all right. There, are there two chairs over there? There, there are, because Bill's going to stand. Oh, Bill's going to stand. Yeah. Okay. Then everything makes sense. Guys, come on up. I'll just uh, Dex and off. Tom Carvey, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe they should sit here because there's two mics here. They can if you'd like. You want to, have to you guys. Yeah. Oh, we're going to switch it around. We're switching around. Hey, this is, yeah, it's, it's all easy. Let's just do this. And they don't sit here. Yeah, yeah, musical hey, chair. I love it. Thank you, thank you. Love it, yeah. Uh, so for those, uh, those of you at home, it's uh, Tom on stage left and Dex on stage right. Hello. Hello. Actually, thank you for from us. home, you can't tell the difference. Sorry. Uh, guys, welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, sure. It's great Tom, to be here. Tom's yeah. actually been on the show two times before, I believe. I think it's actually. just one. Really? Two times? Yeah. Well, you were in the car when we were talking that one time, and that actually got on my podcast for a little bit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember, remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the trip yeah. with Larry Bubbles Brown. Oh, oh that's God, always God, the best. Yeah. yeah, John Wayne. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, so you guys have been kind of immersing yourselves in the comedy scene of Los Angeles, right? You've been doing yeah, stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, taking classes at UCB. 
Yeah, yeah, to, we took, yeah, we took a class there, yeah. yeah it started it? up in uh, San Francisco. Tom was doing comedy actually a little bit before me. I was scared shitless. I couldn't do it. Normal but, reaction. But <laughs> we would go out to breakfast, and all they would talk about is stand-up, and I had nothing to contribute to the conversation, so then I decided to start doing it as well, and then that's kind <laughs> of how it started. Could you here. just quickly just do it, because you just thought of this bit yesterday, like what Ted Cruz's face looks like. It's just a oh, new concept. I just thought Ted Should Cruz's be- face looks like a melted, painted doll face. <laughs> Uh, and that it looks like he uh, he opened up the case of Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but just like halfway. And <laughs> so it just like this part. Something about it. I don't know. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it worked like yesterday. That. We were on Ontario Improv, which is uh, ridiculous. Our uh, buddy Rick is here, our roommate over there. We're at Ontario Improv. It's just crazy when you do these clubs, like outlier clubs like that are like an hour away. Rick was just doing his material. Um, and then like he brought up McDonald's. And all of a sudden, like, like 200, 300 people were just like... Boo! Boo! He's like, right. Yeah, they hate like, what? Wow. He's like, Carl's Jr.? Boo! <laughs> and then it was like, Jack in the Box? Yeah! It was just the weirdest thing. Yeah, it was Ontario. Yeah, very it's polarizing, it very, seems like. What's they, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. They had a big ego because they're part of the Inland Empire, and so they feel like they're like on Game of Thrones out there. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was bizarre. What was some of the weirder... Because I know there's things... That they, yeah. So they come down here, and they... they they get to come on mics with me, you know, and then they do weird mics. So some, what are some of the weirder mics or weirder open micers you guys have dealt with? Okay. We do a lot of coffee shops. Coffee uh, shops. Yeah. Rock, paper, I mean, scissor was the go-to, right? That, that was, was the go-to. go-to. That, that was, was on like, Sunset yeah. right across the street from Nirmal. It's like La Brea and Sunset. Um, I'll give one example. This is just a totally true story. We, his name Lopez? is Jeremy Lopez. Yeah, Jeremy Lopez. Um, <laughs> is this litigious or we can say this, right? It's not. I don't think it's too okay, graphic. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's ahead. just ridiculous. Um, he's he's basically the Mexican Andy Kaufman. Um, <laughs> he's like all right. That's not litigious. So that's, that's just this is just something you will see. This is literally like four thirty in the afternoon on a Monday. If you just go into a coffee shop, you'll see this guy. He brought a blender on stage, a prosthetic penis, and then blood packets, and then blended the prosthetic penis. On stage awesome. at a coffee shop, and then just wow. left. <laughs> and in front of people who just wanted part? coffee. Wow, yeah, I think Buddy Hackett used <laughs> to do that. That's in Vegas. open mics in Los Angeles. That was his first mics. act, though, because he he switched up the act after that. After that, he would wait because you sign up, and then we would go back to our house and wait. But most a lot of comics they wait there for like three hours. So he'd sign up, wait for three hours, go on stage. Say go into the beach, and then he would just leave. And all he said, go to the beach, and then he would and just that leave. Was, and he, and he, did he waited it every four week. hours just yes. to say that go was to the beach. Set. All he would and say is go to the beach, and then just then leave. leave and go he to the beach. He is brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, that is yeah, that is Andy Kaufman esque. Uh, later on, he'd say went to the beach, and then just leave. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird because then you're, you're seeing that, and then you're trying to do like your clean five minutes, and they're just like, well, you can't compete with. You know, uh, yeah, I can. What yeah, was your first bit you guys ever did that you remember? Your first bit that you thought of and did on stage? Oh, man. You go first. I don't even remember. Or the one fir- of your first ones. The first <laughs> doesn't have to in be the top ten. Yeah. The first bit I ever did, I, I think <laughs> it, it was. It might have been the, da- the donut one, right? Was the, confused. The donut yeah. well, the, I did that in the car with you at yeah. In and Out when you were mad at me. <laughs> I wasn't mad at you. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> was I mad at you? You were mad at me. <laughs> what happened? You were in here first, No, we were in the In and Out parking lot. And you were mad because I was like smoking too much weed at the time. I was like 16, so you were all mad at me. <laughs> no, like, a little too much information. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I was, like, PD is I was here. in high school. But anyway, you were kind of like mad at me. You didn't get the weed from me, did you? 
Superman. So, so he's in the garden. I'm just saying what I saw. And um, <laughs> so he was mad. Uh, so uh, he goes, uh, he's like, what are you going to do with your life, son? And, I, and then I just went, well, I guess I'm going to open up a donut shop that sells weed. And I think I'm going to call it Glazed and Confused. And then I... Slammed the door and got a burger. Well, what was his great exit? Most line. crushing yeah. bit now. That, what that was bit funny is that I took that bit from Tom and told it from my point of view and did it on stage for a while. It was like a closer for me. But then, then I found out that Tom was doing stand up, so I had to give him back the bit. And even now, some, I don't even tell Tom. Sometimes when I'm on a shitty corporate date, I'll use it. <laughs> and then I just do a little prayer in my room that night, you know, before I go to sleep. So that's Forgive really, me for taking my son's. That's bit. not really comedy thievery. That's just sort of like comedy on loan. It's just you're kind of well, borrowing. It, it, the it. bit exists in the air, and uh, I, we, he thought of it, but I heard it, so I <laughs> I can tell it as someone who heard it, and now he tells it. From my dad asked me, so we we share a lot of our. Now, bit, Dex, do you have a version where you get to share that bit at all, or is that I have not yet to do that? It's out bit, of your wheelhouse, would, yeah. yeah, out of my wheelhouse a little bit, but I would like to do it one time. Do it always works. Do, uh, Dex Dex is a really good conceptual person. Do the one that's uh, about the vape cigarettes. Oh, the e-cigarettes? Okay, this is just a fledgling bit, so you guys can workshop it. Well, anyway, so I'm trying to quit smoking, right? So, like, I like, switched over to e-cigarettes. And we are, we, are you all familiar with e-cigarettes, like vaping, whatever? So they're saying like that, that like, the, the, the juices, the flavors target children. And I think that's ridiculous. But mind you, I am vaping a marshmallow chocolate super soaker surprise. And it is uh, <laughs> so good. It's like a strawberry. And uh, there's this other flavor called uh, Santa is Real. It's uh, just incredibly good. And uh, so that's all, that's all I got Great. right now. I need a third little button. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. Uh, uh, can I actually ask something just for uh, – I just love this. It's um, a good way to two, try bits. Yeah. Two impressions that I'd like to hear is just Christoph Waltz. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I'd like also, to hear that too. Uh, and then Obama believing he can speak Arabic. Those are the two that I want <laughs> oh, to hear. Too. Well, Mr. Bond, as you can see, you're in a very terrible situation. <laughs> we think we were last night. We were so punching the car. We had a thing that because doing open mics in LA is so torturous. That Christopher Walks would actually that would be his torture for James Bond. <laughs> Mr. Bond, you will enter the comedy store and not be able to leave it for a period of ten years <laughs> where you will do open mics to other bitter comics. <laughs> I suggest by the end of the ten year period you will be quite insane, Mr. Bond. <laughs> he can't get out. Uh, we had a thing about Obama, like uh, uh, Mr. President, the interpreter's coming. Don't eat him. I, I got Arabic. I'm, I'm a fast study. Let, let me hear what he's got to say. That's right. Yep. Steph Curry, good player. <laughs> yep. They share the ball. Share the ball. Tremont Green owns the paint. No, I know. Harrison Barnes, they should keep him. I don't want to look at him. Deal him for Durant, but I think that would be a bad choice. Well, now you've lost me. I don't, I'm going to Excellent. Excellent. Tom, do you want to do your Christmas card riff? The Christmas card riff? That's my favorite kind of new Okay, well, okay. You can so, tell it as a bit you're doing. Yeah, no, it's like a bit I'm doing. Basically, it's about, like, Christmas cards, like... They always, like, you get to see, like, an image into a family's lives, and you get to see the evolution of the family over the years, and they always <laughs> seem to evolve into darkness. Like, the yep. first, like, one you'd get, the kids are, like, you know, five and six, and they have Christmas hats, and 
milk mustaches and it says got christmas and it's beautiful and and then and it makes me feel happy and then like a couple of years later you get another one and the kids are like nine and ten and you could just tell they don't really want to be there <laughs> and they're with the dog and the parents have tight smiles whatever and then tight yeah <laughs> tight apple cheek smiles and then uh <laughs> like the, yeah and then uh you skip forward a couple more years and the kids are like 13 and 14 and one of the kids has gone goth and he's like <laughs> off to the side like his nails are painted and the black hair and then the other kid is like 300 pounds <laughs> and they've like hidden his head <laughs> behind the Christmas tree <laughs> with just his face <laughs> and then you go forward a couple more years and it's just the dog <laughs> uh, oh that's fantastic. Let's um. See, these guys are telling. I know, funny right? Bits. Exactly. Uh, uh, this is a great way to try <laughs> material. I think so. Because you're doing it in a way where it's not really doing stand up. So, but it's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why don't we uh, Why don't we yeah. take a quick break for yeah. one more commercial from Henderson's Pants, then we'll bring Mr. Fetterman up to join the conversation. Right. And uh, will be uh, Republican fit jeans. Hello. Hi. Honored friends. Bill Haywatt here for Henderson's Innovation in Trousers and Pantaloons since 1896. In this great country, the pants you wear make a statement about where you stand. Not just physically, but also on the very talking points that shape us as a free and style-conscious people. Now it's easy to tell friends, family, co-workers, even anonymous passers-by how you feel about today's most important issues with Henderson's new Republican Fit Jeans. Republican fit jeans lean uncompromisingly to the right and feature drastic cuts in the seat and thigh while still respecting your stomach's inalienable right to expand in our great nation's free market economy. Republican fit jeans are pro-life, pro-gun, and anti-immigration, but loose enough to let you enjoy giving a swift kick to the socialist big brother nanny state with every step you take. And if blue state politics are more to your liking, we also offer Henderson's new Democratic Fit Jeans. Democratic Fit Jeans lean gently but firmly to the left and feature a generous increase to your seat and thigh while still regulating your stomach's ability to monopolize surrounding body parts. Democratic Fit Jeans are pro-choice, pro-healthcare reform, and compostable but tight enough to let you enjoy giving a swift kick to the fascist corporate oligarchy with every step you take. In these troubled times, don't let your pants get caught on the fence. Let your fellow citizens know how you're voting with an uncompromising pair of Republican fit or Democratic fit jeans from Henderson's Innovation in Trousers and Pantaloons since 1896. And now back to more of Suckatang. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Uh, let's figure out here where we can get the... Yeah. You guys want to stay? Or, or That's totally up to you. Yeah, right, well, hang, out. yeah, yeah. hang out. Yeah, we just got to figure hang out how to get... Uh, Wayne right here. All right. Wayne oh, Fetterman, nice ladies and gentlemen. Please come up and join us. Come on up. Where are you going? Well, I don't know. I'll just... Uh, well, I'll just you'll sit, sit here. Yeah, sit in. Out, man. I'll hang out over here. Yeah. yeah. yeah thank you. Thank you. Yeah, in fact, maybe... Yeah, why don't we give you Bill's mic for now? By the way, when you're speaking to that mic, it has an old... Timey soundtrack to it. <laughs> Whenever you're talking, and when you're speaking to this mic, you got to put your hand over your ear. <laughs> hey guys, very funny. This is weird, just because. It's the Carvies. 
No, but just because I just thinking of my my relationship with my father is so different. <laughs> your relationship <laughs> with your dad, like yeah, it was like I was sixteen and smoking too much pot, and we were talking about it. So it's like that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've ever. I first of all, the only time I ever slammed the door for like for my dad, like would be the accidental slam. Do you know that one where like the windows open and you yeah, close the door and it slams. <laughs> And you're like, I didn't mean to slam, and then you get hit again. But uh, but well, that's the way. Yeah, it, it is a different. Yeah, we're very close. It's who knew? Nice. Who it's knew really they nice. were going into the business? But they are. No, it's they fun. say yeah. It seems fun. Well, we recently had uh, Wayne on as a guest on Succotash, and one of the by the I, way, you know I'm anti Succotash. You know I feel like that's a bad name for a podcast because no one really knows what, what it, is it is or how to spell. And it. And you know why my tweak right. my tweak for it is just called gumbo. Everyone loves gumbo. We know it's a number of ingredients together. It's a, it's a happy. Yeah, it's happier. Yeah. Well, Succotash sounds like it's a. Was there a bug? I just think fufferin' succotash. It's got the word suck in it. Who it's was that? Perfect. Was it Daffy? It's, was that Daffy? No, it was Sylvester. Sylvester. Okay, yeah, so I don't absolutely. know the cartoons. So was Sylvester uh, a duck too, though? No, Sylvester was a cat. I'm sorry. Because he wanted Tweety Bird. <laughs> I'll go now. Guys, oh, jump in anytime. Want to jump into but one of the reasons 1950s I, one, era cartoons. You know, we were talking about trying to remember. <laughs> Everyone your, loves to talk about we were, them. We were trying to talk. You guys think about your first bits and stuff. And Wayne just did a project, which I'm fascinated by, called the, Cro- the Chronicles of Fetterman. So I yes. just want to talk about that. Yeah, thank I want you to explain what it is. It's You've never released a CD before. And yet you've come out with this Chronicles of Fetterman. So what exactly is it? I think you just explained it. I don't think I really got into that. Well, it's just that I was been doing comics. I passed at the comic strip in 1982. What year were you born? What year were you born? Uh, 1993. <laughs> okay, so 11 years before. Whoa. Right as I – well, Dex was born during Wayne's World 1, and Tom was born during Wayne's World 2. Okay. <laughs> so party on, boys. <laughs> Seriously, they both were. And my name's Wayne. Um, so uh, – so anyway, so eleven years before, <laughs> yeah, right. party on, Wayne. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so uh, when you were eleven, I had already. I mean, I've been doing comedy eleven years when you're born. So I've been doing comedy a long time. Never released a comedy album. Everyone had them. Mm-hmm. And then a few years ago, I was at Largo, and my manager was like, "It's time to drop you." No, no, that's not the thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. They'll that do it in a flash. <laughs> a flash. Ask uh, Johnny Manziel. So uh, he was like, you know, you're, I feel like this stuff is really good. And Largo was recording my act and stuff. And so I thought, why don't I have, because I have these old VHS tapes of me doing stand-up in the 80s. And then, like, cassettes. There was recorders that would have, like, moving parts in them and stuff like that. <laughs> they would use magnetic. It was a crazy time. Anyway. <laughs> So I had all this recording, like, in boxes and stuff. So I transferred it all to digital mm-hmm. and then put out a three-CD. Basically put out a box set as my debut album. Did they clean it? Did the engineer clean no, it up? Uh, that's Did make them qu- sound more that updated? Is, that is a no. great question. Yeah. That is a great question. I'm not going to answer it, but uh, <laughs> excellent question. <laughs> now, you I actually it did it all. Okay, so. A new, there was a revolution in technology with this. This company called Isotope, which sounds oh, you know, that, like sounds very dangerous. Oppenheimer. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. so that's very dangerous. And dangerous. Yeah. dangerous. Yeah. So uh, they they have this thing very Los Alamos where there you can now do uh, like it's kind of like Photoshop for audio. Like this is in the last couple of years. This used to oh, be like a hundred thousand awesome. dollar thing, and it costs yeah. like 
like a grand now for the software. So I went through dehist. Oh, okay. Denoise. You can add reverb. You can take reverb out. You can add some room tone. You can match the room tone from another set and put it on there. So, but it took. It was quite a well, learning what curve. What did that for you to listen Oy, yeah. all the way through? Painful. Did you see your own evolution as you or listen de- back? De- your, Devolution. Devolution. Is that a word? Devolution? De-evolution. De-evolution. It was funny because they did have some like really funny stuff right at the start. Uh-huh. And then I, I – yeah, I, I did see it. I mean, I got, obviously my voice got you know slightly higher as I got older. And then uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was just – it was fun. It was like I started out playing ukulele. That was my big closer. I play the Seriously? electric – Yeah, I play electric uh-huh. ukulele like Hendrix on the ukulele. I know. How did, and you, then, how, uh, how did you ever move away from that? I don't understand. Well, it was like I, I moved to piano because okay, easier to transport. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Did so, you ever have a trunk full of props? No, no. But okay. I, after a while, Karen, like bringing the amp, because I had to bring an amp yeah. and the uke to get the right sound, like just walking through the airport with that, it was a little... It was a little humiliating at times. So, and then also after 9-11, I hate to blame this all on 9-11. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Once again, another comedian blaming stuff on that. Uh, and you know what? As far as I'm concerned, in terms of the whole people talking about Muslims, I have no problem with anyone who's Muslim. And I don't have a problem with them saying Ali Akbar as long as they do it in a casual, festive manner. <laughs> Hey, Al Akbar. See you later. Sorry, just oh, snuck okay. that in. All right, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, don't blame it on 9 11. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. No, but now I we're, actually now we're all afraid to leave. But anyway, that was so, at that point, you had to check everything. Right. Like, I couldn't, I used to put it all in overhead, mm. and they were like, yeah, I couldn't. So, anyway, that's why I gave up on the uke. Now, so De- when, Dex and Tom, have you guys considered doing other forms of comedy? Am I done? That was it. No, no, okay. No, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. I just, I'm trying to. I had a question. What's your fucking bullshit, man? Let Wayne go. No. Okay. Go, man. Go. Do it. <laughs> no, I had a question because I was thinking about your uh, newsreel bit, which is phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. Here's just a little. Can I just throw out an idea for no, you? No, I, that, 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 I, I, I haven't. I've had others. I, uh, so I'm getting a. A green light from another comedian. No question, no question. But the newsreel bit works. It's going to be phenomenal. Okay. That's okay. going to be great. Got it. But here's something, and it might be too dark for you guys, but it's, just, it's an interesting thing that I read. I've never been able to crack it. So okay. maybe the Carvies, you know? I don't know. Between the three of us. You're focus, arguing, you're going to an open yeah. mic, whatever you guys <laughs> do together. Okay. Did you know in World War II there were people that were in Hiroshima that got bombed, took a train to Nagasaki and got bombed again. There's like 30 of those people. Wow. And li- some of them lived through both of them. But just the idea of just like in Nagasaki going, guys, you won't believe what I just saw back there. You know, like at the bar. <laughs> like, All right, never No, no, no. I'm thinking. What are the I chances? Second time's a cha, Tom, for Hadahudi Fadahito. He took the train and got a double whacking. But the radiation is clearing up. I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's just, always yeah. comedy in literally there, everything. There is yeah. some, Even that. But that was, that's brilliant. What it's a just great. The, I did, when I read that, I was just like, there's been two atomic bombs dropped in the history of the world. Yeah. 
You were in both. That's <laughs> what are the chances <laughs> that those people were that in you both? You were in both of them. <laughs> that that's crazy. I, I don't. I don't. Just something for the Carvies to think about. <laughs> now, do you want them to report back to you? No, 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 no. It's free. It's free. It's free because I can't kind of do that. I don't. You know, there, with racial sensitivity, I don't know if this is racially right. insensitive, but I used to do a bit, hacky bit. Yeah. But it was Japan-owned Rockefeller Center. Oh right, and right. Then they right. went broke. And then it was like the guy who owned Rockefeller Center calling, uh, calling the uh, the bank. You didn't get that the check. <laughs> you got to be cheating me. Now I wouldn't do that now because that accent is not right. Is it is it offensive? I you know it's politically incorrect probably. Uh, I'm uh, a straight white male. I mean you I know, know it's open season baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm racist, sexist, Islamophobic, homophobic, misogynistic, and a bigot. <laughs> Nailed it. Now do you? You guys come up against any of that? Where you're uh, like, oh, this is out of bounds. Where, where you like no, to back? Uh, not too much. When you're a younger white dude, you can get away with a little bit more. <laughs> Old white dudes, they get the worst. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, my parents were uh, basically benign racist because right. they grew up in Montana. They never saw a black person, so it was all from the movies, Step and Fetch It, and that. So my mom would say, "I love black people. They're festive and musical." <laughs> <laughs> is that what your grandmother sounded like? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. actually a really yeah, good impression of her. Yeah. 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 She, she did. How accurate yeah. that was. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like locusts. There's lots of us. Lots of Carvies out there doing yeah. mics. So I was just curious because you were talking about props and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. You, is there a lot of people doing new comics doing props and things? It seems like everybody's just doing stuff. Everyone wants to be Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah it's because it of just, YouTube yeah. and stuff. Everyone has an image now of what comedy was as opposed to like your guys' generation where a comic right. would come into town and then you would just try and, you know, your okay. image of how comedy was was just a, you know, a quick flash as opposed to seen a thousand sets you know so YouTube, there's yeah. a lot less diversity in mm. styles oh, really my generation for sure i would yeah. say so definitely yeah yeah because yeah. it's funny when it, comedians have bits when they're in their 20s and they insist on doing them in their 50s because a lot of <laughs> okay. them are like man i was i was totally jacking off today and you're like no no you didn't <laughs> you were nappy you're cardiovascularly that didn't happen there's a b- body fat problem you're, there's no way you were achieving an orgasm three times today i'm sorry you're 57 get the get Get your check and leave the building. <laughs> See, <laughs> Wang saw where I was going immediately. That's impossible. Of course, of course, of course. I'm still thinking of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I'm going to nail it. I'm going to crack it. that. But it's so funny because I know I don't do impressions, but I always found that. And do you guys? You don't. Do you? I do a couple. Uh, well, they're starting to throw their voice around a little bit. Yeah. Let's see. Tom does uh, a right little now, bit well, of John pretty... Lovitz visiting a Christmas dinner. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> Just what's uh, his line? Chris, well, just the line he says at Christmas dinner. He John went. Uh, he went. Uh, Christmas dinner, the birth of Jesus. We didn't kill him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's real. That's what John that's said. Hundred percent true story. Yeah. True story. Yeah, yeah, John at Christmas dinner. Oh, I see. Let's just do the other impression, just with Nicolas Cage, because this is just a true story. I just grew up like, like just is like. A God, just my impressions are so shit. I, yeah, it's just. Com- com- <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious. So you can learn them. Self-critical. Yeah, no, it's yeah, good. Well, it's just a true story that happened to Tom, I believe, just because growing up just with who our dad is, like, you just have you hear all. Yeah, you hear these weird stories about your childhood and stuff. So I was watching a movie with my dad, 
and Nicolas Cage popped up on the screen. <laughs> and without skipping a beat, my dad goes, uh, oh, Tom, you know, Nicolas Cage, he changed your diaper as a baby. <laughs> and it's like, I think I could have gone the rest of my life without ever knowing that information. That image. I, yeah, I, I don't want that image of Nicolas Cage. Just, it, you must, know. it must have been the most intense diaper changing ever. Yeah, you think of it as so an eccentric dramatic. actor. Yeah. There's so much thank you no thank you what about you dex any uh, dabbling in oh uh, man yet? nah trying to i mean i do a lot of isis material that sometimes <laughs> does really well <laughs> or really bad so that's kind of just do a I'm little right bit now. of the beginning uh, of the premise that they, they well the premise is just that like isis like they hate they hate America, right. uh, you know, but they, like, love our technology. You know what I mean? Like, oh, build, they hate the Bill of Rights. They hate our freedom, but they love Twitter. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just, it's just weird. We've never seen this before. So, like, I look at their videos, and, like, I do editing during the daytime, and I can tell by their propaganda videos that they're using MacBook Pros <laughs> with iMovie. And I just sure. find that so crazy. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, what does that look like? Like, oh, my God, they got... You know, I have this video of a missile going into Israel, and I have this video of a head on the ground, but uh, the swipe effect is so slow on this MacBook Pro, I don't really know what to do about it. It's really upsetting me. I guess I'll call Apple Tech Support and see what they say. So it kind of like goes like that, you know. And just like, you know, they put these videos up on YouTube, and they're horrific, but like, you know, like as, as an editor, like, they've obviously put a lot of money into these videos, and they get taken down immediately, obviously, because they're extremely... Crazy, but I just like to see like what does ISIS think about that? You know, like I can't believe the video got taken down. I mean, like whatever happened to the First Amendment over there? You know what I mean? Like shit, freedom of speech and shit. <laughs> Never in Reagan's America. Never in Reagan's America. So it kind of goes that way. Reagan's so. America. Yeah. Reagan's America. So, anyway, a nice. little little ISIS nice. chunk. Some people like it. Some people get it, like it's a PC thing. You know, really, whatever. it's a funny take though. I love yeah, that take. So. Well, you're an old white guy. So it's like <laughs> I'm a straight white male, 60. That's what I'm going to name my special, I think. Just straight white male, 60. I like it. Straight white male, 60. It's <clears throat> punchy. Trying to put myself in a box. So, Wayne, what's it like for you in, you know, you're in this comedy world with yes. these guys. And yes. There's all, you know, this, this sort of new generation mm-hmm. coming up and stuff. And so what's it like in town now? As opposed to, you know, 20 years ago. Well, I'm like a comedy nerd. So I, I, I love all of it. I love. I just wrote an article yes. on Richard Pryor today. I saw that. And it was yes. interesting because I rewatched that special live in concert. You know the one from 1979. Is you mean Long Beach? Yes. Yo, yeah, yeah. Oh, you call maybe, it Long Beach? Maybe the, the best. Comedian. Maybe the best special. Right. That was the point. arguably the best special. Right. I would be wondering what you guys would think of that special if that even connected with you. But what's interesting in that special, I was watching it, and uh, like he does the class, the heart attack, and the alley, and all of that stuff in the woods. But he also does a lot of crowd work. He does, and he also does John Wayne. He does a few impressions. A few impressions. He does a few, and he does like what would be considered a racist bit because he does like this Chinese waiter that stutters. Like <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. a double. Wow. Like yeah. I was like, what? I was like, I'm wondering if he today, like, if that bit would be like that guy. Yeah. We don't need. See, <laughs> this is the greatest comedy ever put on film. Some we bitches don't. don't know how to suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. Sorry, I didn't mean to go blue. That's all I meant. I waited on when I was yeah. a waiter. I waited on Richard Pryor. What? I got him a Denver omelet. Where? Yeah. Where? Where? Uh, I was at the Holiday Inn up in uh, the peninsula near San Francisco. He was playing the Circle Star Theater. I waited on him, and I also waited on Carlin. 
I brought him a bowl of oatmeal, and he said, drop the O and you have at meal. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, <laughs> now, do you know all these stories? <laughs> no, I haven't heard oh, that, yeah, that And then I ended up doing a movie with Richard like uh, 10 years later after waiting on him called Moving, maybe 12 years later. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, and, you, were, uh, you were like driving his car, right? The family was moving. Yeah, and I was a schizophrenic and stuff, and uh, the director pulled me aside and goes, Richard's not really trying because he's trying to wink and nod at the brothers that he's just taking this money. He's not really trying. So can you you stoke up Richard so I was really going nuts and crazy <laughs> trying to get Richard to go and he we got, got going a little bit but I actually walked into the wrong trailer after lunch middle of nowhere and it was really dark and he was sitting there by himself and it was after his burn accident he has a little uh-huh. and we had just kind of a heart to heart never you did? forget that yeah he wow. was really nice come here yeah. son how you doing man how's it going it was just, really it's wow. surreal it's amazing it's yeah, yeah. That's yeah, pretty amazing. <laughs> no, it was weird. But anyway, uh, prior, yeah, I think he would still he would still play. You see his influence. Nope. Yeah, obviously. But yeah. I was just it was just like kind of interesting to me, just like how times have changed. But mm-hmm. my point of like I'm like I even go back pre Burl Benny. Like I go like okay. I love comedy, but I'm saying I love the whole thing from Louis C.K. to open mic. So I'm really into okay. like what comedians do, like from the. Their first time on stage. Oh, yeah, totally. I think it's fascinating. I love it. I mean, I don't like it. I love it. Because there is sort of a, you know, there's a limited amount of combinations. It's almost like like trying to, you know, sing a pop hit Mm -hmm. or a single. So it's interesting to see what Louis, I'm looking at his picture, you know, what he did with all his influences and how he reformulated it. And, you know, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, all those guys, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. work really hard. John Mulaney's special. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Really. You know, so it is fascinating to watch how they reinvent the wheel again. Because at one point, didn't you feel like, there's really nothing else. No. There's no other airport bit. There's no <laughs> other, know. you know, dating chunk that I could do. Of course, of course, there is a little of that, but mm-hmm. it, but then every once in a while you're like, just, oh, oh, what an angle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like there's a new combination to it, but it's uh, I don't know. I just love the whole continuum of that thing. So yeah, much better so than very being much bitter and threatened, right? I think as an emotion to be excited about our replacements. <laughs> oh, is that how you view? They're my replacements. <laughs> I want them to replace me. I would happily live in Italy right now and do a podcast. Guys, I, get I it be, together. I, I'm happy to be here too, but I would be happy in Italy. Right. And you have you have two of them, so there's like you can kind of franchise at this point, which is fantastic. Well, they may it's, end up doing a Smothers Brothers thing. It's possible. They're pretty yeah, funny together. F- you know. Pretty fun. This is all like really new to Tom and I just because like we grew up up north like kind of San Francisco area we had like totally like I don't know totally yeah I mean I worked at a place in high school called Best Little Pork House I wore a shirt that said want to get porked I hated it (laughs) that was my job Tom worked at the Puma store and then I worked at High Tech Burrito High Tech Burrito (laughs) and um you yeah, made them work. Yeah, they worked. I we moved up there, and I I just as I left L.A., I just turned toward. I was on my wife and I were just at a rest stop, and we were leaving L.A. And I said, "My kids will never go in show business." <laughs> and here they are today. <laughs> I get it. Here they are today. Before we wrap up, I want to do a regular feature we do on the show called "Burst of Durst" with Will Durst. Uh-oh. It's a little two minute bit. So Ben, if you can play that, and then we'll just uh, get some last plugs from you guys and get out of here. Yeah, let's go. listen to Will Durst. Burst of Durst yeah. with Will yeah. Durst. Okay. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words on Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia's replacement, which you could say has turned a mite political. 
You could also say that flight simulation wind tunnels are tough on comb-overs. Only minutes after the body was discovered, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell vowed to keep the seat vacant until after the November presidential election. Probably took longer for a family of five to order desserts at Applebee's. And the six remaining GOP presidential candidates echoed his sentiments, hoping to use this issue as a big red flag to wave at supporters. And since unemployment is below 5% and gas around 2 bucks a gallon, they can use all the issues they can get. We're no longer playing hardball here. We're playing 9-inch steel ball bearing ball. McConnell's rationale is to let people decide which way the court swings with their choice of president. But the people already decided that when they voted for Obama the last presidential elections. Unfortunately, when Democrats speak, Mitch McConnell doesn't hear very well. And after setting a precedent like this, the next Senate could embargo midterm years as well. Then the months of May through August, since Congress is in recess and not too close to weekends or holidays, until presidents are only allowed to nominate a SCOTUS replacement on a Wednesday in the third week of September of odd-numbered years. Republicans have to worry that stalling another Obama nominee will be viewed as further obstructionism. Then again, hasn't hurt them so far. Of course, a series of 4-4 ties would focus attention on the vacancy like blood on snow. Love to see Obama nominate himself, but Republicans probably want him shaping law in a lifetime appointment the same way they want scorpions duct-taped to their underwear. This could lead to a further breakdown in inter-party relations in Washington. But then again, as my daddy used to say, you can't kill what's already dead. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast, podcast, I'm Will Durst. There we go. So there's our burst of Durst. That was more than a burst. That was... That was all right. Yeah, that was great. Oh, it was first. Yeah, I love, love Come Will on. Durst. So uh, we're, you guys want to have any plugs? you have anything coming up you want to talk <laughs> Special, about? Special, right? I would... Yeah, I would do that. I, just because he said Downton Abbey, could I do a bit that's really hacky yeah. that I won't do, do in it. the special? But I just... You know, you ever think of just a hacky bit that makes you happy? I haven't, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Downton Abbey has a... I love the show. Probably not familiar. They have a character called... Mr. Bates, but I switched a little bit. So, what on earth is wrong with Master Bates? <laughs> well, my lady, Master Bates <laughs> goes into his room for long periods of time where most unusual sounds are emitted. <laughs> what on earth could Master Bates be doing in his room, Mr. Carson? <laughs> I don't know, my lady, but I'll get to the bottom of it post haste. Well, if you need any help, call on Sir Jack. <laughs> Off Salot. I'm not going to do it on the special. But they've seen, two, two people have seen Downton Abbey. <laughs> you know, Mr. Carson, I think the show's brilliant. Yeah. But you think of bits that, you know, would offend God, all your peers, and you'll never do anywhere else. You do it for yourself quietly, but now it's on Suckatash. Exactly. Wayne, any old bits that you, what's your most embarrassing bit that you look at now and go, my God, um, why did I ever think that was funny? Well, I, sorry, I'm putting you on this No, 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 no. We have. 13 seconds. <laughs> uh, no, I used to do, I, you know, I don't work blue, but there was a one time I did this, it's kind of, it's so offensive and gay, but it, this year what it was. It's when I first, is it going to be super offensive? Is this a problem? No, bring it on. And you know me. I don't yes. even swear in my I know. All right. It was about fisting. I had never heard of it. <laughs> I, I never heard of it. I didn't right. even know what, that it existed. I'm, I'm not, you know what this is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Millennials, they're doing it right now. 
<laughs> so you're fisting chunk, which is you did it at Sir Laughs a Lot in Detroit. <laughs> so, so you know, Chuckle I'm, Hut in Des Moines. Uh, I'm, the I'm so not edgy, as you know. Uh, yeah. So I'm embarrassed. But this is, was the bit. Was like, I was like, all right. So if I get this right, one guy takes his fist, places up another guy's at rear end. <laughs> And I go, so this was the comedic turn on it. Like, well, what happens? Like, that seems so uncomfortable, but after a while, I'm sure it gets boring. <laughs> and then what's next? Your head? And then I'm like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> Wayne Fetterman. I just want, that was Wayne Fetterman's voice with his 50, 50, 50. <laughs> Fisting Chunk and his new album called Fisting Nights by Wayne. No, that, no I get it. That's just comedians <laughs> late at night in the car. You think of crazy, and comedians eventually only laugh at inappropriate stuff. Mm -hmm. That's so wrong, it's right. But your entire head up there, and can you hear me? <laughs> Uh, Wayne, anything, anything you care to plug at this point? Um, I'm doing uh, Christian College. And, uh, <laughs> no, uh, two th two things. I have preschool. My, I have my film festival coming up, oh, which yeah. maybe yeah, this might be a part of it. Dana, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to ask him later. Right. And so that's where I have comedians present films that they love. They can't be in them. And that'll be at Cine Family uh, March 31st, oh, cool. April 1, 2, and 3. I think Patton's in there. Zach is going to do it. It's going to be fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. You introduce a film that you love? Yeah, and you watch it with the crowd. Oh, okay. So, uh, like Sarah what? Silverman did uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors. Shanling did, uh, what was the uh, King of Comedy? Do you know oh, that right. movie? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Martin yeah, Scorsese? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, so these are movies like you love, and you talk about them, and it's just a we packed a place with like, comedy. Do you think Soylent Green would go over? <laughs> I do. Soil and green is people. <laughs> oh, well, now it wouldn't. But oh, spoiler, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert! <laughs> ah, I took yeah, it but, off the market. But, That's Tom's favorite yeah. movie. Oh, it uh, is? No, uh, Logan's Run. Logan's Run. Oh, Logan's yeah. Run. Oh, you don't we know your kids. Yes, we, uh, <laughs> I do not know them well enough. <laughs> <laughs> that was a number two position. <laughs> no, but uh, Bill Burr did it a couple years ago and picked uh, the Dirty Dozen. Do you remember that, Robert? Oh, Alder of course. course. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it doesn't have to be a comedy. Anyway. So I'm doing that, and I guess okay. at Fetterman, I, that's at, it. Yeah, at Fetterman on That's Twitter. a fun idea. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Guys, Thank you. you have anything specific coming up, or are you just uh, hitting mics We'll be performing time? outside of a food truck at Van Nuys <laughs> in about 35 minutes if anyone wants to come and support. Are they, have done a mic, they have done a mic outside of food truck. Really? It does actually exist, but that's not tonight. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> at some point in the month, I'm playing a dive bar called Corky's, so uh, I don't know what so, day, though. So, so people just hang out? It's like a Wednesday. People just go yeah. hang out at Corky's? Yeah, just hang out. show up? Tom will show up, and then he'll entertain you. All right, well, guys, thanks so much for doing the show. Yeah, uh, Bill, are you ready to get Mark Hirschhorn, ladies and thank gentlemen. Thank you Mark so Hirshon. much. Uh, can I turn you over now to thank you? Thank you for coming very much. And uh, uh, Bill, if you'll take us out of here, best to music, if you please. You've been listening to Socketash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hirschhorn. Thank you. Thanks to our guests, Dana Carvey, Tom and Dex Carvey, and Wayne Fister Fetterman. <laughs> Special thanks to Sean Merrick and the Comedy Lab crew, Ben Stewart on tech, Craig at the bar, my good friend, and our old friend Antonio. Yay. Suckatash is brought to you by Henderson's Pants, 
Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, and on Stitcher, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll call number, 818-921-7212. Under normal circumstances, Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit... Our associate producer is Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. No relation, eh? (laughs) Our booth assistant is Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye. Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, guys.